This is the Accounting Insider Show. So this is another thing that a lot of investors are unaware of. There's got to be an easier way. It's achievable for anyone. It doesn't cost anything to set up a business. Because there are many great ideas out there, but it's the people that make ideas happen. Because once you unlock this formula, you, there's no reason to stop. You just get better and better at it. You just make so much money out of it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Here we are. Uh, I'm sitting on a deck chair at a plastic table in the shed, in my in my shed with um, a horse float right behind me, some chickens down the end of the shed. I'm looking at my outboard motor up on a stand, and I've got two freezers humming away in the background. And this is my new podcasting studio. This is the new normal. Um, kids running in and out. I may have to press stop halfway through this podcast, but I'm getting used to it. And kids, I've learned, even if you're in the middle of the most important meeting on the phone, you have to stop and ring the person back because if a kid needs something done, it needs to be done straight away. And that happened today to me twice. I was in the middle of an important phone call. I had to say, look, excuse me, I need to go. I'll ring you back in five minutes. And I had to scan some articles and email them off to the kids so that they could submit their maths assignments to their teacher. Anyway, this is the new normal. This is this is it. This is life as we know it now. We better get used to it. It's a big change. Um, it's it's really big. It's uh, taken a lot of adjustment and getting used to. But I, I quite like it. This house is really really good, and I'm loving it more and more every day. As I live here, the weather is amazing. It's it's autumn. It's warm. I'm in shorts. I'm saving my two hours every day in my commute, um, not getting the afternoon naps in that I wanted to, but uh, I'm actually getting a little bit of downtime after dinner and then going back and working for a couple of hours. And I need to at the moment because work has just really ramped up. Um, I'm going to touch on all of that in today's podcast, but uh, let's start at the, the top. So it, We've really been, this is our second week in isolation, day two, 14 days in isolation. Uh, so, and, and it really has been, it's been quite enjoyable. Like someone said to me yesterday that it's actually like being on holidays and I'd have to agree with that. It is honestly like being on holidays. All those distractions, all that racing around, all of the sporting commitments at night, all of the dropping into coffee shops and grabbing coffees and going out to lunch, it's all gone. It's everything's life's just been stripped back to family, working out where your next meal is. Um, I've hardly had any alcohol. I'm missing my long lunches. I am missing that. But there's so many benefits in terms of the family time and getting stripping back to what's really important, which is spending time with your wife and spending time with your kids and looking after your clients and doing the work that you need to do, but fitting that in around your lifestyle. So it's been holidays. Some people are saying that it's two weeks of prison. I'm saying definitely two weeks of holidays for me. If I was living in an apartment in the city, um, locked in there, I don't think that it would be two weeks of holidays. I think it would be two weeks of torture, especially as I'm saying, there's toddlers running around in some of these apartments in Sydney. They would really be struggling at the moment. If we had three little kids locked in a house 24 hours a day, wow. And I can see why everyone's flocking to the beaches on, 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 their, on their weekends, even though people are saying stay at home. These people have got to get out, otherwise they're going to go stir crazy. They're going to kill each other. So 
just going back for me, um, there, there's something apparent there. There's a lot of craziness and madness, but really there's a lot of kindness being shown as well. There's a, there's a text that I want to read out that my wife received. It wasn't for me, but she forwarded it to me. It said, and it was from the guy who was a captain at school and she'd met him once or twice. He remembered her name and he remembered all the boys' names. But he sent this text, uh, with all that's been happening, thinking of you, Sophie, and family. Take care, and if there's anything in capitals I can do to support slash help, do let me know, exclamation mark, thumbs up, an emoji smiling face. That pretty well sums up this coronavirus experience for me. That was... I guess you call it a random act of kindness. It just he didn't do anything, but it was just that support. It was that offer of help, support in all of this, all that's happening. His exact words. I've sent that text to a couple of people that I know that are doing it tough at the moment. One guy's an Uber driver. Um and I know that his work's dried up, and I heard via my sons that they were finding it pretty tough. And then another guy who I know had had a bad experience with his business in sort of like a maintenance area. Um, he'd taken the off the ball back in November, he was telling me over a beer recently, um, and he dropped back 50 grand, so he was on payment arrangements with the tax office. I know he'd be doing it tough, so I sent him my version of that text as well. And he's some, he, he texts back straight away saying, I really appreciate your kindness. So... With all of my emails that I'm sending now to my customers, it used to be take care, no kind regards it used to be, and now I've changed that to, to on all my emails, no matter who it is, take care and stay safe. I think, and, I'm with, and, and every time I'm ripping into an email now, I'm saying I hope you and your family are well and dealing okay or surviving all the craziness that's happening around us. It's just something like that because it really just cuts through all the waffle that surrounds a lot of these business emails and just cuts to the actual soul of this, which is it's about people, it's about feelings, it's about helping out friends, it's about sticking together. And when all this blows through, those acts of kindness, I think, are going to stick in everyone's minds. Like how did me, for example, like I'm hoping people will say that about me, how did he keep his cool? How did he manage to keep it all together, keep a smile on his face, not get stressed out or overwhelmed by it all and offer to help people as well. And now this is the beauty of sending that text. I've done it. I'm thinking I can't send that because people will come back to me and say, oh, would you mind coming down here and helping shift my fridge or can you give me some money? Everyone that I've sent it to doesn't actually take you up on the offer but they just – put into the back of their memory bank thinking, oh, that person is actually thinking he's caring about me. And that's all it's intended to do. If I'm in isolation, so my hands are tied. Apart from being able to make a few phone calls, um, there's very little I can do. But even those phone calls, if I do make them, I've got my skill set and that can often help people out, even though I think it's just what I do every day, day in, day out. So that offers on the table. But I'm not jumping in the car and going and rescuing someone. Even if people have got urgent meetings, I'm not going out. I mean, I'm in isolation. I'm in lockdown. I can't really help. Um, yeah, but so so what other stuff that I'm seeing is like one of our staff members was just overwhelmed recently just by the sheer volume of work coming in. And 
Yeah, I guess, guess that leads on to the next thing. Going back three months ago, the firefighters were the heroes. Well, now the doctors are the heroes. And I think followed closely behind are the accountants. We are feeling a tremendous amount of strain. We're going through an immendous, a tremendous emotional um, roller coaster ride with our clients. Like everyone's panicking, worried about where they are financially, looking to the government for support. And the government has actually moved a lot of the support from what would normally be Centrelink over to the tax office, which and we're the conduit to the tax office. So we as accountants are right in the firing line here. We're like the doctors, even though we're not going to, we can, we can fortunately work from home and lend a hand via that mechanism. We're not on the front line dealing with ventilators, getting coughed on by patients, high risk of getting COVID-19. We're at home. We're able to help in other areas, help making sure that people have got money, that they're applying for the latest government stimulus package, that they know how to apply, that they're right up there, they're getting the latest information about what forms they need to be filling in, what they need to be replying, uh, what they need to be saying to their staff members, um, what's the timing on all of this, how they manage their cash flow, just moral support as well. And hopefully the phone call ends in a laugh or two between the two of us. Um, you know, that's what it's all about. Um, but but this working from home has been a really, really positive experience for me. Um, I've really embraced it. Like I've, I've learned how to use so much software that I wouldn't even touch normally. Like TeamViewer has been an absolute saviour for me. I'm sitting at my my desk here as though I'm, and, and it's 100%, well, maybe 97% as efficient as sitting at my desk in the office. But everyone else is doing that as well. All my staff are doing that. Been a couple of little glitches, like people have got a laptop at home that the second screen's not really working that well with. or So, you know, we have to get computers and, and offer replacements to those situations so that everyone's at between 95 and 100% efficiency. And if they're at 80 or 70, that's terrible. Um, we need to address that and say, look, do you need a new computer? Do you need a second screen? Um, is your internet fast enough? All of that, you know, everyone's been, I've been into the office a couple of times, but it's been empty. Um, and I'm thinking, why do we need this anymore? Like, why do we need an office space? We can all operate from home. Half the time people are cut, talking to me on the phone. They don't know where I am anyway. So uh, that can all take place from home. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite extraordinary, really, the power of working from home. Um, and maybe, maybe the optimal model is still a workplace where everyone gathers together because I feel like we have lost a little bit of momentum in terms of our marketing and moving forward and the dynamic um, synergy that you get of bouncing off everyone in that office environment. It's sort of like we're all operating underwater now. We can't talk to each other. It's all going to be messages, sign language, whereas when you're face-to-face, you can actually get so much more out of your five-minute meetings with staff because you can read body language and what they're saying and rather than answering all the emails and misreading and misconstruing situations. Um, Zoom meetings has been outstanding as well. Great piece of software. Just getting, I'm not quite where I want to be with that. I can link into meetings if someone sent me an invite, but I haven't been able to go to the next level. I've got to work on that next week, this, this next week. Uh, how do I invite clients into meetings on Zoom meeting? And I've realized that you can do that on your phone now too. So the quality of the phone is much better than the webcam on my computer. OneDrive's been a, a massive player in working from home. Just using the free version, but if I'm scanning a document at home, I'll, 
I've gone to the office and I've grabbed my chair and my scanner. And if I'm scanning a document, which often happens, because you still have to print things and sign things, uh, and I want to move that onto my server at the office, I have to scan it to my desktop, drag it onto OneDrive, open up OneDrive through TeamViewer on my office computer, and then drag it and put it into the client's folder. A little bit clunky. It'd be nice to be able to have that direct folder um, linking to all my client files. But I think you need a VPN tunnel, and that's quite complicated to set up. So I'm doing that maybe once or twice a day where I'm using OneDrive, but OneDrive's so powerful, so quick. Way better than Google Drive. Just loving that at the moment. It's just a free version. I've also learnt in this time at home how to get the maximum out of Adobe Acrobat DC, the paid version. Unbelievable how I can edit PDFs, drop signatures, digital signatures onto documents, uh, cross boxes, type in text, dates. All so, so easy with Adobe Acrobat DC. And the other one that's been a major game changer for this, and we already introduced this before we went into um, working from home mode, has been Zoho Sign. So we bought the version for a couple hundred dollars, but every document that leaves the office that needs a signature from a client, we can email out now, mark where they need to sign it. They open up their emails, click in the box, draw their signature on the screen with a mouse. It drops it in. They do it once. They can drop it in multiple times after that with that program, and it shoots it back to us and gives us a certificate of authenticity to do with, to do with the signatures. Game changer. Unbelievable. And we were uh, much cheaper and more efficient than using Adobe Sign. Not a lot of people know about Zoho Sign. I don't even know where it comes from, but I did notice that they were sponsoring the IPA Cricket League. I did see it scattered around the outsides of the Oval over there, so I'm presuming it's coming from an IT startup out of India, but great piece of software. Um, I'll just describe my home office setup because it's quite interesting. I think you'll get a kick out of it because I've just used stuff that's been lying around. So I've grabbed my chair from work I've grabbed my scanner from my office and I've grabbed um, the, the scanner's great it's a snap scan IX500 game changer for me just scans continuously in colour um, looks at every page so it scans every document in colour and then if there's a blank page it drops it out and then pops up on your screen with the file and PDF format and then you tell it exactly where you want the PDF save and it's instantaneous. Couldn't operate without it. They're about 500 bucks. Do yourself a favor, go and grab one. So operating from my desk, what else have I got on there? Oh, because I've got two screens. Now, these are screens that were lying around, spare. One is uh, propped up about two inches high on a pile of Australian dirt bike magazines from 2016 when I was into those magazines. They're, I've had to introduce them under the bottom of one of my screens because they're different monitors to get them level so they sort of look similar. Uh, underneath my feet, I didn't have anywhere else to store the Rexall uh, reflex paper. So I've got two and a half stacks of that. That's where my feet sit all day. Um, I've got a stool alongside of me where I put uh, mainly my phone during the day um, so that if it rings, I can um, answer it. I've got documents that I'm working on sitting alongside of the phone and I've got my Sony... Uh, Bluetooth WMX Series 2, 1000, I think, 2 headphones, which I'm on the phone operating through Bluetooth connected to my um, iPhone all day. And I'm just thinking that that's healthy from a radiation point of view. It might not be. Bluetooth might be just 
as bad as the radiation that comes out of your mobile, but I'm hoping that it's better. Um, it's they're really comfortable to wear, and it seems like they hook in really quickly when I turn them on, when I'm answering a call, and clients can't really tell them I'm on it. Um, and I think that I'm on their phone for maybe five hours a day, so um, I'm using them all day, every day. Um, I've got NBN set up, and then I've also got two Optus broadband packages, which I've brought from my other property. So with the kids all being on Zoom for their school lessons now, we've basically got three internet service providers providing broadband to our house, and we, we're using a lot of that. Um, so our, our internet is, is, is really, really good. Um, it's quick. Uh, yeah, so I'm, my home setup has been, oh, and that's right, and I'm using a, an old computer which one of our staff member tossed out because it kept on crashing at the office. But I'm figuring that just operating through TeamViewer during the day and, and running my office in the city, uh, and that office in the city is doing all the grunt, uh, the computer's running beautifully. So I haven't actually gone out and bought anything extra. I'm using everything that's left over um, as my everyday IT setup at home. And it's working beautifully. Can't complain. Um, the the thing that I have had to do is because I'm not in the office every day, and and there's not a lot of people down there, and there's a lot of um, opportunity for break-ins, and um, there's quite a bit of um, client records and all that sort of stuff that's available down there. So I've, what I've actually done is I've upgraded the security system there. So if someone does break in, my phone rings within thirty seconds. So worst case scenario, I could be to the office within 15, 20 minutes if there was a break-in. So I've had to upgrade that while I've been out. But all, all that means is that I've been to Bunnings and I've bought a $250 ring camera, security, uh, hardwired camera, and I've installed that in the reception. So I can log in at any point in time and I've got video recording. I think it costs $50 extra a year as a sort of like a service where they store all the video footage of any movement from that camera. So if a robber did break in and... Our office got burgled maybe three years ago. Uh, the first thing that the police said was, have you got any CCTV, any footage? And I've, of course I didn't. And I was using a SWAN system, but this ring system is so much better and newer. Uh, and uh, it's the level of security we need now because we're not in the office every day and we can't afford to have it broken into. So that's what I've been doing in that in in that area. Uh, it's... so. Behind the scenes, because I've got an extra two hours a day not commuting and I'm more efficient because I don't have all the interruptions, I'm looking at doing side hustles. So my side hustle is I'm looking at a tech startup that I want to do, um, which is to do with online um, um, finance applications, financial planning, car loans, house loan requoting, professional indemnity insurance, requoting, and financial planning, all as a one-stop shop. So I'm, I'm building the backbone to a system that does all of that at the touch of a button. Now, it's quite a big ask. I've decided six months ago I wanted to go down that track. I think it's going to be a game changer in terms of efficiency in the office. I think that it will save clients thousands and thousands of dollars. So I'm mapping out now behind the scenes. I've finally got time to be able to put that to the top of the agenda again now. And yesterday I was speaking to a programmer in Melbourne who can 
um, and I was explaining to him how I want to use Python and screen scraping and all of that sort of stuff to be able to um, build a back engine to this 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 um, website that I'm planning on. He was really keen on it. So, so my side hustle is this internet startup that I want to create and well and truly making massive inroads into into getting that off the ground. I think it's going to take me 12 to 18 months to get it to where it needs to be. We've already created the website. We can now start putting the pieces in place to build the back end. We need to tweak it more and more and test and and improve, test and improve, test and improve so that we get it to a point where it's ready to launch. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can do the beta version in uh, six months and refine it with a view to going live and launching in 12 months. So uh, that's all quite exciting and I'm really happy about that. But I want to I want everyone to think that there's something that, that they can do while they're trapped at home that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do. So when things when this all blows through, they'll come online again and they'll be able to take whatever it was that they were working on and just take it to the next level. And this is an opportunity for, in my opinion, this isolation to really double down on those little side projects. And even if that means you're working later at night, which is where, you know, often when I find I've only got the extra time then uh, to be able to take on these tasks. So, um, yeah, that's that's a really good part of this isolation I'm, I'm seeing. Uh there's a lot of jobs around the house that I've been able to do that I've been putting off for ages, like cleaning the gutters. Um, I've dug out a trench at the back of the house, which was getting clogged with too much dirt in it and overflowing when we had big rains. Um, I want to work, do some some fix-up jobs on my pool. Um, there's a couple of jobs that I had to remove some plumbing and some motors on my dam that i pump out of and irrigate my garden with just lots of little fix-up jobs that were always put in the too hard basket they weren't urgent so um they were always put on on the back burner but now i'm trying to do two or three of them a day just get outside get some sunlight and get some exercise it's working really well and i'm, I'm going through those jobs like this like crazy it's really really good um the efficiency thing with, without being at the office and a lot of people used to drop in and see me at the office just for a coffee and a bit of a chat. That's all dried up now. Um, that That's made a big difference to how much work I'm getting through each day. You don't realise it, but um, there's a lot of people out there that I find, because I spend so much time on the phone, if they're in the car and they've got some time on their hands, they just like to give me a call, which is great, and I like talking to them, but if it's during 9 to 5, really... You know, I need to be focusing if I want to achieve all the goals that I've got. There are only business calls that come through during that time and then friends are called back at night. Um, even work calls, I'm finding that if you ring the client back an hour later, half the time they've already solved that thing that they're ringing about. Or if they are in the car and they've got some time on their hands and they're driving around, well, they might be at their destination now, so it's two or three-minute phone call. Um yeah, so just managing my time on the phone, I'm getting better at that and, and trying to let more go through to message bank and answer less and call back people. I know when you first got the mobile phone, you'd always try to pick up a call because you're worried what the hell it was going to cost. But now mobile phone calls are basically free. They're all part of your plan. Uh, so, yeah, I think letting them go to message bank is the key. Um
Yeah, I guess this experience has really told me the importance, taught me the importance of um, having a plan B. So the plan B is all the stuff that you don't necessarily need to do, but if things go wrong, it's extremely important. Like, for example, what I'm talking about is, you know, the spare tire that you have on the car, make sure that it's got plenty of tread and it's always inflated, you know. It's almost important to know how to change a tire because it guaranteed it's going to, you're going to get a flat in the rain, the side of the road at night, and you're not going to know how to do it. Having insurance, I've always, when when I was a huge risk taker 10, 15 years ago, I self-insured my properties. I think I've told the story where I didn't have building insurance on a property and a wall fell down and it cost me $20,000 to repair the wall. Had I had a $1,000 insurance policy, that would have all been covered by insurance. So I've sort of learnt that the hard way. Now I've got all my insurance up to date. The properties are all covered by insurance. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm overinsured, but I've got adequate insurance. But, um, my new office had all of the copper pipe stolen the day after I took ownership of it. And I, two weeks earlier, taken out an Allianz insurance policy for $85 a month. They came in, they were amazing. Once they'd established that it wasn't an inside job that I'd done or it, the pipe work was actually there when I took ownership, but it got stolen that night, which is all a bit hard to explain, as you can imagine. Um, the insurance company were happy to pick up the bill and it ended up costing them $9,000 and I'd paid $85 in insurance. So that was a huge win on my behalf. But I'd learnt by my mistake with the wall falling down that I needed to have insurance from the get-go on those properties. Um, so don't don't skimp on insurance. Make sure that you're covered. You know, if, if you're driving a car on the road, I can't emphasize how important it is to have at least third-party cover if you crash into a Ferrari, you don't want them to be bankrupting you to fix their car if it's your fault. Insurance takes all of that headache out. Um, I've also got generator backups now at properties so that if the power goes out, I can just flick a switch, hook in the generator, and it'll keep me going. These aren't big generators. They're just little 2 kVA Honda generators, but... Uh, they will be able to boil a kettle, run the dishwasher, run a washing machine, keep all the internet going, um, keep the computers running and just keep your life sort of ticking along and not massively inconvenienced. Oh, and you can run the fridges overnight and things like that. So I've got two of them. (laughs) Make sure in these sort of uncertain times that you've always got plenty of petrol because there could be a petrol shortage. That means your car petrol tank's full and you've got storage in the shed with extra petrol so that if you do have to run the generator like we did for five days at one point, that you're not rushing out in the middle of the night to try to get your petrol tank filled up. And the other thing that I can't emphasize enough is backing up your iPhones and backing up your office computers and all of that, which is if someone hacks into your computer system and they hold your ransom with a uh, you know, there's a ransom, ransomware virus software that uh, ransomware viruses that were out recently, run by Russian hackers, where uh, that hijack your computer system, and then that uh, you'd have to pay a massive amount in euros to have them unlock it, and it was all into a Bitcoin and bank account. Well, if you've got backups, you can just re 
reformat that computer and restore the backup from the night before and away you go. They come at a cost and if you're scrimping on everything, that's the first thing that you get rid of. But let me tell you, the number of times I've had to restore from a backup has been, I probably can count them on one hand, but it has been vital. And the thousands of hours that you plug into your computer system in terms of work, everyone working away, pay for themselves. You only use them backup once. It's paid for itself. iPhone backup too. Um, I pay for the extra storage cloud with Apple or whoever it is. I think it's with Apple, a couple of dollars a month. But if my phone gets stolen or I drop it in the water or... Um, I crack the screen and I can't restart it. Um, you can just go into the Apple shop, log in with your um, username and password and download it and it's like within half an hour you're up and running again. All those things are just so important. Oh, this is quite interesting. The Netflix documentary, Tiger King. I just watched it the other night. It is fantastic. If you've got Netflix, you've got to watch it. It's the most bizarre, crazy story about all of the people in the US who run these big cat farms, tigers and lions, and they feed them. And then they're basically like zoos, but people come and they pay them. And predominantly, the people go in to sit down and pat the baby cubs. Anyway, the people that run these parks live the most bizarre life. And and this story, this documentary, which is over seven episodes, and I, I watched the whole series over two nights, it is amazing. Truth is stranger than fiction. So true with his story. The the main guy, Joe Exotic, he ends up in jail. So the last three or four series, three or four episodes are with him in jail for attempted murder and killing five exotic cats, which was illegal because he didn't have the money to feed them. Um, one of his workers walks too close to a lion cage on one occasion, puts her arm in the cage, and the lion rips off her arm. And this is all videoed. It's quite gruesome. But five days later, seven days later, five days later, I think she's she has a she, her her arm has been amputated. And seven days later, she's back at work. Just uh, unbelievable stories. And then there's the big cat rescue lady, Carol Bascom. Well, she is an internet superstar who her one mission in life is to get Joe Exotic's big cat farm closed down. And this is such a bizarre story, but it's been such a great escape from all of the coronavirus news just to see how bizarre these people's lives were and how... um, weird they are there's no word away that you can describe it apart from the weirdness of it all it's totally it is just awesome entertainment and just a chance for her to switch off from all this craziness and the emotional strain from what this uh pandemic is causing us and that's that's the thing that i think isn't being emphasized enough the the um medical pandemic has created an economic pandemic i think that the economic pandemic is going to take a lot longer to recover from than the medical pandemic but i can see why everyone has gone into meltdown and everyone's gone into shutdown and these economies are all coming to a grinding halt which is costing trillions and trillions of dollars worldwide um, because if the older people in our community catch it and some young people as well and they die 
it's, it's just it's just not acceptable. It's horrendous, the effect on the older people in the community. They just can't afford to get it. So, um, but we're all affected by it. There's not one person on the planet who, who isn't insulated from this. Um, another thing that's actually been really good coming out of this is I've got the Australian, the advertiser and the financial review all now on my phone. Uh, this is bizarre because if I, I wake up, at, if I've had a sleep, a rough night and I'm awake at 5.36 in the morning, I can sit in my bed and read the paper in colour on my phone, the day's paper. Now, I just it's just such a change in mindset for me because when I was growing up, if, if there was something important coming out in the paper, I would get up at the crack of dawn. We usually living on a farm. We used to have the Saturday advertiser delivered to us, and usually the, every advertiser during the day, but it'd be wrapped up in plastic and it'd be thrown out by the news agent from his van at three, four, five in the morning and it'd be on the front lawn. You know, we used to train some dogs to go out and pick up the paper. I would go out there, dad would go out in his dressing gown. It was sort of like a morning ritual. Sometimes at one property, I had to jump on my motorbike and ride up to the edge of our property and look for the paper in the paddock somewhere. Sometimes it used to take me a couple of minutes to find it in the long grass in winter. All that's gone now. I can sit in my bed all rugged up and read the paper. I see Warren Buffett reads the paper every day when he goes into work till 12 o'clock. I've taken a bit of a leaf out of his book. Um, I'm not spending that much time. I'd probably spend half an hour, but it is really, really interesting. It's really good to read. It's good to see what's happening. when I'm at work, I just don't have, I mean, we even get the advertiser and the Australian delivered to the office. And really, I'm only going through it when I've got time and it's a quick five-minute flick. Uh, usually on Tuesdays when all the business stuff comes out, uh, I like to read that paper. But this is great, just sitting in bed reading the Australian or the, the advertiser. I can't believe it. It's just such a change in mindset for me. Anyway, that comes. that, that brings me to the end of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, please, 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 if you can do me a favor, go online and leave a review. Um, it's much appreciated. It's, it means the world to me if you could do that. Um, if you've got any value out of my podcast, please go and do that for me as a special favor. I'd really appreciate it. Anyway, take care and stay safe. Thanks.